Hey everyone, welcome back. Today is February 15th and we have a full episode ahead. When I have mentioned in the past as we've moved through the transurfing material that I feel like a certain amount of readiness on my part is called for before I get in front of the mic again. And I have to say that has absolutely been my case since I last chatted with you about these principles. And then two added in on that, we've had the global, I don't know if it's global, at least national holiday of Valentine's Day, which whether your particular experience with that yesterday was positive, negative, up, down, indifferent. I know you've probably heard folks telling their stories about it on all sides of those equations. So this is a really fruitful moment to talk about applying all the principles that we have been exercising and keeping top of mind And today, there are some fantastic principles that, in my estimation, just totally dovetail with Valentine's, our experiences and habits and perceptions of what, quote-unquote, love is, all of this. So I hope you're well. I'm so glad to have you here. Let's position ourselves with the moon before we dive in. We're just in the last few days of the hunger moon, and the sap moon will begin around the 20th in its new moon phase. So, you know, we're winding down in the hunger moon, and the sap moon cycle, as you might expect, is about a little bit of warmth really starting to gather. So in the trees and in the veins of of the shrubs and foliage, it's starting to pull up some warmth and create the sap. It's also called the worm moon sometimes because worms begin to stir. Um, So we're leaning into growing warmth if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's a lovely time because the light is definitely more with us each day. But as we wind down the hunger moon, I would like to offer my poetry just to get us in that space together as we honor its passing. And in the waning moon of the hunger moon, I wrote, our journey with the hunger moon is drawing to a close. This moon in her last quarter phase is winding down, releasing, bringing the wisdom home. We have spoken of turning toward that which haunts us. It doesn't mean we give up, but right action only flows from a spaciousness a less charged atmosphere. When in overwhelm, say it, this is bigger than I am. The body will soften. Sound and scent will return. Right then, right there. Court the answer from the void. It is trustworthy. And just on the heels of that poem, I I want to remind us, if you've been following along with me in the podcast over the last couple of years, you know, we explored Peter Kingsley's work and he talked about Aphrodite's last stand. And if you recall, what he was meaning by that is both the quote unquote human perception of positive and negative views of what love is, is also an illusion. 
So let's take Valentine's Day yesterday. Let's say you had a dozen roses, a beautiful candlelight dinner, you know, like your partner just showed up and rang all the bells and whistles and it was delightful. That's awesome. And if that is part of your worldview and the way you relate to each other and things that are important to you and part of your vision, that's fantastic. There's nothing at all wrong with that whatsoever. But what I want to remind us of is we think from a human perspective what love should look like. And that is coming from really flawed places. It's coming from the media. It's coming from the way we were raised. It's coming from all kinds of diluted, filtered, tarnished perspectives. And just to bring that into our awareness is really important. Of course, in the challenging times when quote unquote love isn't lovely, but also in the positive times where it's like, oh, this is fantastic. It's not the real thing. And what I mean by that is there's nothing, remember Peter Kingsley talks about this, we have that beautiful state of metis or the present moment we talked about when we explored his perspectives. And that's when you have that access to the present moment and your authenticity, your God-like nature, your goddess-like nature, your transcendent self. Being in touch with that is real love. It is real life. It is real passion and vivacity. That is real. That is power. We have that with us every single second. Aphrodite's last stand is the illusion of all the ways we think love might materialize in the external space. So to cut to the quick, if you want the most amazing experience of love coming back at you from the transurfing perspective in the mirror, as we've called it, then be in touch with your authenticity as often as possible. Because then you're going to get that expression of love back at you as often as possible. So whatever Valentine's Day delivered yesterday, know that it is 100% within your power to have an amazing reboot, if that's called for. And just keep in mind, keep in mind that Aphrodite is so wily and that is such such a portal for the ego to do some backdoor puppetry with us. You know, just think of puppets on a string. It's a massive pendulum, quote unquote, love from the external perspective only. And it's an illusion. We want to go for the real thing. We want to go for real peace, real power, real wealth, real life, real love. And we're carrying those around with us all the time. So again, the transurfing perspective is about removing those layers. We have some great, great principles to explore today. For me, they just totally dovetailed beautifully with 
what I've already said just leading in to today's work. I want to recall the homework from last time. We talked about the mind and heart harmony, at least having that in our awareness, that the mind and heart are often conflicted with each other, you know, the soul and the external perspective. You know, they they can feel at odds with each other. And we talked about ways to bring that into harmony, knowing that when they are in harmony, quote unquote, manifestation happens really quickly. And I find it amazing to think of like a Buddha or Christ figure or, you know, pick your celebrated spiritual master. When you talk about miracles, quote unquote, those particular figures arguably just had the ability to have mind and heart and harmony really quickly and no filters and no doubts in the way. So manifestation in the external space happened nearly instantly. There wasn't as big of a gap, a delay. And I think all of us have felt the frustration, I know I have, about this delay that's built in to the mirror world where we're super clear on our intentions, we're doing our best to be in love and enjoyment and enthusiasm and acceptance, saying yes, keeping vigilant to pendulums. So we're in that space, we're doing our transurfing disciplines and the delay to the mirror world can sometimes feel very frustrating. It is actually a blessing and I encourage you to frame it that way because the more sophisticated we get, with these principles, the faster things arrive. And so that's a good thing because while we're still figuring things out and get derailed, we don't want that appearing. (laughs) We've done enough of that. Um, And that just fits so well with, is suffering necessary? Well, yes, until it's not. (laughs) So that's really a blessing that that's sort of hardwired into the system. But the beauty of that also is the more sophisticated, the more elegant, the more in the flow state that you get with these principles and catching yourself and being vigilant, the faster things arrive. So that is really encouraging and it helps put a frame on this is my skill set and I'm, I'm really getting good at it. It's important to know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If you think that manifestation is going to take a long time, it will. We have to remember that the process is also something we're baking into the cake. Yes, there is a hardwired principle, if you will, in the quantum space about that slight delay, which collapses with our ability to transurf. But having said that, don't add more drama into your life by saying, oh, yeah, I'm working on all this, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take till at least spring or summer or what. Just don't let that derail you either. Also, watch if your mind is wanting to say, yeah, and it's going to be turbulent. Figuring this stuff out is going to be really turbulent or it's going to cause waves with people or et cetera, et cetera. We are also 
hardwiring the way we are experiencing this. I cannot emphasize that enough. And that's where I have found our homework really challenging and freeing in the in the past few weeks since we chatted. So our principles, again, were the mind and heart harmony. And then moving forward with that quiet confidence, really moving from the place of I'm making a decision to stop freaking out, asserting a discipline, asserting a confidence while our confidence gathers, you know, sort of having the ability to do that and lean into that and and just say, calm down, this is the way and, and I'm going to keep trusting it. Just like the poem said, the void is trustworthy. The variant space is trustworthy. It is. I know that. You know that. Our ego, which we love and need, but only in the right order, gets a little nervous about that. That's fine. Let it be nervous. Calm it and continue on. It has its place. We need it. We welcome it. But it has to ride shotgun, not be the lead dog. It has to... I'm mixing all my metaphors there. You get the point. We have to have the authentic self in the driver's seat. And then the ego can do amazing things with the brain and all the rest of it. So I'd like to ask you, how did it go? How was it for you the past few weeks working with your homework and the principles that preceded it? And are you moving through the material on your own? Are you talking about it with people? I'd, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. Occasionally, somebody will reach out and tell me how it's going. And I know we're all so incredibly busy and I get it, but it means so much to me when that happens because I, I feel like it's landing and assisting people and clearly teaching this is is huge for me. It's so massively helpful to me as in my own walk. So thanks for those of you who reach out and let me know how it's going for you because it is exhilarating and it is exciting. And there aren't a lot of people you can talk about this with. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you are a borderland dweller. You are a pioneer. And I'm not just saying that to butter you up. It's just the truth because you you thrive in the the edge just beyond where you're comfortable. And I know that's not always comfortable for any of us, but something keeps telling you to go there. As it does me, that's been my whole life. And what I'm discovering in the past few weeks with the material is that for me, for my particular set of quirks and filters and all the rest of it that I have traveled with, stripping those down, what I'm experiencing really surfacing for me is allowing the ability to receive to be a place I grow really comfortable with. A goddess never struggles. So my authentic self, if I'm if I'm struggling at all, I'm not in her space because she doesn't struggle. I think we can all agree on that. The God, the goddess, the divine, it doesn't struggle. So that is a great pin 
point for me. And she naturally and effortlessly receives. She receives, she receives, she receives. And think about the beauty of that in terms of the mirror analogy. If I'm on the generational side of the of the mirror, meaning I'm my authentic self and generating the image of I receive easily, I receive easily, then the mirror, the external world has to mirror that, has to reflect that she receives easily, she receives easily, she receives easily. So that's important. And I've really, I've had a little bit of turbulence while that pattern emerged. So I don't think that was a turbulence that I was sort of putting into the system and not taking responsibility for, like I just alluded to. I just think sometimes when a pattern reveals itself, it can do so through, you know, mixing things up a little bit. And, you know, we just got to let that happen. And that's what we're going to talk quite a bit about today is as the variant space or quantum field or, you know, godly space, whatever, however you would like to define that, as it mirrors and works on our behalf, it could choose infinite routes for arriving at the dream state that we are seeking to experience. And to not judge the way it's getting there and the timing is really important. And what I'm also learning, particularly in the last couple of weeks, is even if, like, let's say you have a deadline where money's involved or a project or something of that nature, where time is a factor, we want to reduce the importance, which we're going to talk about again today. Okay, that's important. And also to surrender these ideas of, oh, I have to have this manifest by a certain time into right now, I have every resource I need. And if I need to do something, if I need to take action, again, it's going to feel light and inspired. If it doesn't, I need to just hold steady and trust and enjoy myself as much as possible, keeping that vibration harmonious and relaxed. Remember, if we want the dreams to materialize sooner, relax more, release more. So this is really what we're going to be talking more about today. But that sweet spot of clarity, I know exactly what my dream looks like. I know how it looks and tastes and feels. I know the imagery of that with a lightheartedness, with not having too much importance, yet doing this discipline. There is a sweet spot among all those factors, and we're going to get better by the day of of being able to hold that more effortlessly. That is home. That is the home space. That is home base. Remember when you were a kid and you're playing outside with the neighbors and you would run and say, home base. You know, that's what we're doing. We're finding home base again. And it's creating a beautiful life for us 
that we're 100% responsible for. So whatever happened on Valentine's Day, whatever happened in the last two weeks, whatever is happening in your life right now, you have the power. You have the controls. And I mean control in, in, in the really quantum sense about you're not trying to control things, but you are disciplining and following these principles so that the control is a harmonious exchange in the mirror for you. One really fun thing occurred to me to do music ever since I was a little girl has been a really big tool for centering. I guess when I was little, my mom often says I would drag a little wooden chair in front of the record player and I would just sit right in front of it and just watch it spin and listen, 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 listen. Like that was my Zen. That was my meditation. And I just had to do that. And of course, music speaks to all of us. I know that. It's not unique to me. But when thinking about your dreams or the idea of real love as opposed to manufactured versions of what that idea is, I find it really a beautiful practice to find a piece of music, often often it's instrumental, sometimes not, but often it's instrumental where I can close my eyes and it's kind of like my theme song or like the theme song I think of when I feel love or when I feel joy or when I feel appreciation or when I feel enthusiasm or wealth and resources and flow state. There may be several pieces of music that you have different moods and emotions and thoughts and feelings associated with. It's great to have those and close your eyes and let that be your theme song. So whatever is happening externally with projects, money, resources, people, love, etc., 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 in the external space, if you're needing to reconnect with the you, the authentic you experience of that, for me, music is a really close traveler. Again, nothing will best the all-out white lightning experience of that erupting spontaneously into the present moment. But music is a really helpful tool sometimes if I'm trying to find home. And it helps me touch that again and then open to that. So for what that's worth, find your theme song. So today we're starting again into session six. We left off last time at number 25, and that's called World Cleanup. And Vadim Zeeland is speaking of the fact that if you're in a bit of a slog, enliven your space by just sort of picking up and and making it fresh and new and, you know, just clean up, get rid of rubbish and, you know, light a candle or put some fresh flowers out because it sort of reboots the space. It's essential to do that with your thoughts just as strictly, just as religiously with your thoughts. Notice 
if thoughts are starting to gather like cobwebs that are dulling the mirror and the reflection. Okay, so that's what he's talking about in world cleanup. In this principle, here's a quote, constructive activity is the best cure for depression. And I find that to be so true. You know, if I just feel like it's a gray day or, you know, it's that sort of in-between time before spring really starts to kick in, and everything feels kind of dirty and dusty and staticky. Enliven your space, but also do this mentally. It doesn't mean that you neglect feeling. That's important. That's essential. You feel. You feel. But again, we've talked about this in the past. To really let a feeling move through you, an emotion move through you, let it in. It might take two or three minutes tops. We create decades (laughs) of holding feelings at bay and there's no need to. Let it move through. Let it be there. All right. For the next three minutes, I'm going to let this rage just be there. And then it really gets boring. I'm going to let this disappointment be there. And then it gets, it gets dull. So let it move through, let it, let it move through and do something to enliven your space a bit and including the thoughts. Straight from the text, I love this quote, your world will become as you imagine it to be. Okay, we just cannot repeat this enough. If you perceive the world as aggressive, hostile, then that is how it will show up for you. If you believe that all the benefits of this world are only achieved by putting in a huge amount of effort, you will constantly find yourself having to work really hard. If you believe that wealth and success are the satellites of the elite, you will always find yourself standing at the back of the queue, etc., etc. So the more negativity you have swimming around in your mind, the more miserable your reality will be. By getting rid of negative stuff, you will be surprised to find your reality increasingly taking on warmer cozier shades. Okay, that's fantastic. So spring cleaning is particularly, particularly of the mind. Number 26, wave of success. I love this one. And it's really important, everyone, that we credit what we've been doing. If you have tackled transurfing, I am here to salute you. And I am here to salute myself. Not everybody does this. Everybody will at some point, I think. I think this is the wave of consciousness. But we're doing it. That is freaking fantastic. We're we're claiming 100% responsibility for ourselves. Like, who's doing that these days? Not many people. Good job. And good job, me. Like, doing this on a podcast. (laughs) I mean, who'd have thought that? (laughs) I didn't know that until now it's happening. So... We have to give ourselves credit in this process to like, you know, this isn't just everyday stuff. We're just not cogs in the wheel. You know, we we are doing our level best to be individuals, to be true individuals creating with the mirror world in an intentional way. 
And so what wave of, of success is talking about is sometimes you know that wonderful feeling when everything's working. It's wave of success is kind of like a flow state. And we know what it feels like. We may not experience it all the time, but we've all experienced it at some time. Encourage that to be more part of your reality. Welcome that in. Here's a great quote. When feeling wonderful becomes a habit, you will find yourself permanently on the crest of a wave of success. And he goes into greater detail in the larger text about sort of how a wave of success interacts with pendulums and like, you know, um, gets out of their way and all the rest of it. It's super cool. You know, get the details if you want them. But we all know what a flow state feels like. That is who we are. (laughs) Remember that. Remember that that actually is you. And that home base can become a habit, which obviously is why we're doing this. And here's just a really great point for those of us who like to be rational. Me, not so much, but it has its place. There is no practical, rational advantage to giving in to negativity, right? Because then we're just going to get more of it in the mirror space. It is the most practical thing you can do to work these principles, Like if you need rationality to get your mind and heart together, use that point, you know, talk to yourself there. See if that helps you align more easily. If you're a person that really wants to privilege the rational, practical thing to do. If there's a disappointment, I love this, this aspect of this principle. If there's a disappointment, You'll notice it. You'll see it. You may need to feel it for two or three minutes, you know, really allowing that to come in and move through like animals do, you know, like my dog does when she sees something that spooks her and then the hair goes up along her back and then she shakes it off or like a duck will do the same, you know, they'll get all ruffled and then they'll shake it off and and then, you know, go on and they're back in the present moment. He talks about that in this principle as well. If something disappoints you, if it hurts, feel it. Yes, give it, give it that moment to move through sort of in your animal nature. Just don't let it into your heart. Letting it into your heart really is a choice. It's a choice. It's a habit. Don't let it into your heart and it's going to slough off faster and not derail things. And... I hope you've noticed in the past couple weeks, flickers of things starting to happen. I have seen lots of that. I am not talking about signs. I don't ask for signs anymore, really, because that's kind of a way of saying that you're doubting, isn't it? (laughs) It kind of really is because it's like, okay, you know, there's a delay. So I need a sign that this shit is working. No, just, just hold steady. Hold steady. Feel it. Feel the doubt if you need to feel it and then set it aside and ignore, ignore its energy. You know, it's there. It's going to get larger if we don't acknowledge it. But just see it as, you know, a child clamoring for your attention. But notice where you're putting your attention. And it's quite another thing to see little shifts, like little sprouts 
that are starting to send out shoots. And I have noticed many, particularly in the last 10 days. And, and I'm aware when I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. This is happening. Okay, cool. Feel the joy of that. Feel the power of that. Marion Woodman has this beautiful phrase. I think she's quoting a poem, but I can't give you all that detail right now. She quotes, I'm pretty sure, uh, a famous poet, probably Rilke, I don't know. Sorry, I don't have those details, but about something weighing nothing but a rival. Weighing nothing but a rival. That's such a beautiful phrase that's been with me for probably 25 years. Because when I think about having these filters not impeding things in my vision anymore, then suddenly what you're just left with is the arrival of you. The arrival of you in your mirror. And and the joy of seeing these shoots going out, saying the arrival is impending. Number 27, chasing the reflection. Okay, by this point, you know how ridiculous it would be to stand in front of your mirror in the morning and try to just change the reflection. It's you that has to change. Okay, we keep getting this over and over again, but it bears repeating. It's becoming our habit. Okay, this is talking about that. But he has a really great great quote here, and I want to read this straight from the text. You have to tear your eyes away from the mirror and let go of the short-sighted intention to turn the world in the direction you want it to go. So in other words, don't freak out about what's happening in the mirror when you've been doing your disciplines, okay? Sometimes it's arriving in a way we don't understand yet, okay? That's fine. Sometimes he quotes quotes this, I think this is a great phrase, it's a temporary inconvenience because we don't have to understand how the mirror side is working. We just have to know that it does. And quite frankly, it's so massively <laughs> miraculous and complicated. I'm glad I don't need to understand how. That's not your lane. That's not my lane. Okay. I like this idea of labeling anything you're not just like super jazzed about is this is a temporary inconvenience. My result is assured because I am real. My dream is real. I am awake in the dream. I am awake in the dream. Zeeland says, know this. The mirror has no choice. Sooner or later, it will have to reflect the image I am creating in my thoughts. As long as I stand my ground and am not tempted to look back, the mirror will create my reality. Everything will be the way I want it, envision it to be. 28, creating an image. We've talked many times here, an image can be an actual visual image. It can be a sound, it can be music, it can be a feeling. Use your images when you're feeling doubt, hunker down in the glory of your images. I have them on my phone with me all the time. I am looking at my images many, many times a day. Not because I'm trying to like will them into being, watch for that, but drop in and just enjoy them. Just enjoy their vibe. Just enjoy 
imagining yourself in them. The mind-heart unity, again, is what this is about. Quote, the world agrees with your thoughts about it. It is as simple as that. This is such a magnificent phrase. Like, I need this in a tattoo (laughs) or on my car or something. And incidentally, I have some of our homework taped to the mirror in my bathroom that I see every morning. The world agrees with your thoughts about it. Work with your images. That really helps bring you home, get you back to home base. Number 29, world, give yourself to me. I love this one. Reading from the text, when you want something from the world, don't pressure the world to give it to you. Okay, here's that reverse psychology again. What else can the mirror reflect when a capricious child is standing in front of it, jumping up and down, crying, I want it, give it to me now, give it to me now. Yes, you want it. Yes, you demand it. The mirror reflects that. Nothing more, nothing less. The principle is very simple. If you want the reflection in the mirror to meet you halfway, you will have to take the first step. Let go of the intention to receive and replace it with the intention to give, and you will receive the very thing that you let go of in the first place. Okay, if you have a codependent past, I'm giving you a word of caution there. Giving doesn't mean you're going to go start giving in the external space and like bleeding out again. Okay, that would be the ego hijacking this principle. What it means is when you're in the spirit of giving, whether that means you've gotten back in touch with your image or your music, your theme song, you're putting yourself back in the space that I am this. That's that's what we're going for here. When you put yourself in the space of I am this, then you're in a natural giving space. But I just throw that in as a word of caution, because if you have been a people pleaser in the past, it would be easy to misinterpret that and like, you know, throw sand in the gears. And that's not what it's talking about. It's just saying, remember, remember that you are the source of all. You are the source. And so to drop back into that, if I give joy to somebody, I had to have had it. If I give love, the real love to somebody, I had to have acquired it from myself. You know, so that's that's the magic of that principle. But it is not talking about going and, you know, trying to make things happen externally by overgiving in the old fashioned way. Okay. In in the in the way that was once depleting because we were only approaching it from our human side. Here's a great quote from the text. Do you want to experience mutual love? Let go of possessiveness and dependent relationships. You will experience mutual love if you are prepared to love without receiving anything in return. This kind of love is extremely rare. No one will be able to resist. In all these situations, you are certain to experience the very thing that you let go of. Great principle. Number 30, here world, have me. This principle is about going to the quick of things, and that is self-worth. Anytime people are running about, really what they're wanting is self-worth at the core, right? To experience that they have value. 
So when you're listening to people, just know like they're, they're really after worth and value. And if you can listen in such a way that you are accessing your own in that moment, that is cool. That is miraculous. That is putting the mind and heart on the quick route to materialization of things. And it's its own reward because you're experiencing your authenticity. So when people are going on and on, um, there's a quote from a spiritual teacher I listened to years and years ago, Stuart Wilde, get underneath people, he would say. Get underneath people. You don't need to go on and on about yourself. No need. Get underneath people. If they are experiencing, if they're having the experience of worth in your presence because you're accessing your own worth and you're getting underneath them in conversation, that's magic. Like that is that is magnetic. They're going to be a want, they're going to want to be around you. They're going to cooperate. They're going to invest in your business, whatever. And I don't mean that as a manipulation because you're, it's a win-win thing, you know, so we're not using it as a manipulation. We're using it as cutting to the chase and saying, this is about worth. I'm about worth. You're about worth. This is the way to interact and interface with the external space. Number 31, the oyster effect. This is human nature. Oh, this is such a great analogy. Oysters ruminate on the irritant. And yes, it creates a pearl, but I'm just not in the business of doing pearls anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah, I've done that enough. So it's about noticing the habit, the habit. This is, this is a choice we're making of nursing irritation. Okay. And it takes a long time for that to like produce anything if it does. So yeah, let's just drop. We're not oysters. Let's go for something higher. Use the difficulty. I got to hear um, the great actor, Michael Caine. I love him, love him so much. I listened to him, his autobiography, maybe two or three years ago. It's fantastic. I think it's called Blowing the Bloody Doors Off or something like that. Anyway, he's so, he's so witty and dry and wise and really enjoy him. And he talked early on about a philosophy that has guided him throughout his entire life and that is use the difficulty. And I just immediately thought that is, that's talking about a pendulum uh, strategy right there. And of course, he wasn't talking about it in transurfing language, but that is what it is. And, you know, he was acting early on and and in, I, I think this was a stage presentation space. And I believe it was a comedy and he came out and there was a prop in his way, like where he's supposed to be. And like he stopped and, you know, like stopped the whole scene and said, well, you know, sorry, there's, you know, there's chairs in the way, what have you. Um, I'm forgetting the exact details, but you get the picture and the director is like, use the difficulty. This is a comedy trip over it, you know? So like whatever was presenting itself right then in the moment, not everything according to plan, fine. Use the difficulty. Whatever's thrown at you, 
you have the opportunity to flip that and use it. That is skillful use of the pendulum. That is turning the oyster effect of human nature on its head. That is taking responsibility for your emotions and not just nursing something, ruminating on it over and over and over again. Yeah, let's let's move on from oyster. <laughs> Number 32, the master's intention. I'm going to read this straight from the text because it's so powerful. Using your willpower, you declare any event or circumstance favorable and to your advantage. Okay, this is our new habit. This is powerful. This affirmation is not merely based on hope in the goodwill of the world, which takes care of you because it loves you. It is not derived from trust or confidence, which circumstances can cause to crumble at any moment, nor is it born of the arrogance of blind faith in your own success. It is not even based on optimism. It is the master's intention. You are creating the individual layer of your world and you are the master of your personal reality. You are a master of reality if you can move yourself at the same time as leaving the world free to move. Remember, give yourself permission to be yourself. Let others have the permission to be themselves. It's fine. It's not fucking everything up. I'm going to be that blunt about it because that's what your mind is going to say. It's like, oh my God, if this person is acting this way, you know, my manifestation is not going to work. Oh my God. Stop. Stop. That is a thought pattern that's keeping you in prison. It's ain't got nothing to do with that. Stay steady. He speaks in the text about leadership from this perspective. Leadership from the I am space is really about witnessing the power of your ability to witness and allow. To witness and allow and then choose the positive, higher vibration choice in any moment. That is a new form of leadership. He says, you stop the world from working on your order because you demand, petition, fear, and doubt. So if you're putting demand, petition, fear, and doubt, I know you know how to finish this sentence, then what you're going to get back in the mirror is demand, petition, fear, and doubt. Okay, so we're getting out of our own way. We are getting good at being the witness, at allowing, because we're learning how to move like parkour. <laughs> Do you remember parkour? Way back in one of the Bond films, there's, I think it was Casino Royale, I'm not sure. The opening scene is this black actor who it's like a freestyle form of movement. You can Google this and, and see incredible versions of it on YouTube. And it's just the ability to use any obstacle to move through space in a creative and strategic way. So you use walls and trees and whatever's in, in front of you to sort of pivot off it. Now, 
I'm not a parkour person. I don't know how to do that. But that's what we're learning to do psychologically is parkour with any obstacle. Like it's fine. It's there. Use the difficulty. Bank off of it. Go around it. Go through it. Allow the step to appear because you have thrust yourself forward into the void. (laughs) It's so awesome to envision that way. And in fact, if there were a physical representation to watch of what transurfing is, it's parkour. Google it and then just know that's what you're learning to do psychologically. It's so fantastic and it's so fluid and beautiful. And I have actually had dreams where I'm doing it. So I know we're on the right path, everyone, because if it's starting to penetrate my dreams, you know, that's so great. It's like you can do this. You can do this. I was physically doing it in my dreams, which was super fun. Um, But we're doing this psychologically. Number 33, the pendulum rule. Okay, you know what this is, but I'm going to repeat it. The pendulum reads, do as I do, which means change yourself, copy the stereotype in an effort to lift up somebody else's success. Okay, you've got to step out of that. We know this. But remember that the illusion, quote, is often sweeter, more convenient, and clearer than the uncertainty of reality. It's tempting. It's all laid out. Your career path is all laid out. Your relationship path is all laid out. Your fitness routine, your health is all laid out. It takes tremendous courage to say, yeah, that's not resonating with me and I'm going to go this different way. Well, what's your way? I don't know, but it's it's over here and it's in a void and I'm going to step into that void. Congratulations for being a pioneer of soul. I salute you and I salute myself and I'm I'm giving us all more credit <laughs> because you know, it's easy to think what the hell am I doing? And I, that's starting to pivot for me to like damn This is cool. And I'm proud of myself because not everybody is in a moment where they're ready to do that. And everybody will be at some point. So it's not like we have arrogance about that, but give yourself your due. Okay. You're getting into advanced spirituality and you've done it with an open heart and great obstacle and you're learning how to use your heart and your obstacle properly. So I salute you and I salute myself. I saw a really interesting, well, actually I read a great article about Tom Brady's retirement. And I don't follow Tom Brady, but you know, it was kind of big news that he was retiring for real from football. And you know, a lot of people consider him the greatest quarterback of all time, etc. That's not my point. Um, but the article had a really interesting perspective about potentially Brady's hesitancy about retiring. And that is in the world of football, they're just like in any pendulum, you know, it, there were expected guardrails, not only with the game itself, like here I am, there's where we're going, and this is how we're going to get there, you know, in terms of a game plan. But also the world itself had, okay, you have, 
you know, workout and, and team practice and then your schedule and et cetera, et cetera. There was a system to it. And the author of this article was suggesting that potentially one of the great fears of somebody, Tom Brady, anybody, retiring from something that has been so structured is real life is messy. Real life isn't as predictable as all of that. It's ambiguous. It requires constant vigilance to what we've been exercising here together. It requires a whole new skill set, our parkour skill set. And so the void, which is your salvation, when you first meet it, or if you've been delaying your dance with it, is frightening. We know that. Yeah, we know that. But I'm here to tell you, you've been going there and I've been going there and everybody will get, you know, get their swim in it and it will change their life miraculously and beautifully and richly for the better. But I salute you once again. I salute myself. We're, we're doing the void and we're learning it, and it's teaching us, and it's loving us and supporting us. Number 34, the transurfing rule. Discard the pendulum's rule, do as I do, and replace it with the transurfing rule. Give yourself permission to be yourself. Allow others to do the same. Giving yourself permission to be yourself means accepting yourself, warts and all, Allowing others to be themselves means withdrawing the expectations you project onto them. This universal rule gives you the chance to find inner freedom and wave goodbye to all sorts of problems that may have plagued your life. I'm going to continue just reading straight from the text because it's worded so well. You do not have to worry too much about how the transurfing rule works. Just follow it. Whenever you are faced with a difficult situation, ask yourself, how do I act in this situation without breaking the transurfing rule? This will allow you to solve a whole range of issues. Find your inner strength, your personal credo. Get rid of the complexes of guilt and inferiority. Feel confident. Avoid all conflicts and disappointments. Unravel intricate knots of the interpersonal conflict. And finally, find your own way in life. The transurfing rule is the dignity of kings. I'm going to read that last sentence again. The transurfing rule is the dignity of kings and queens. Wow. I mean, I added queens, but you know what I mean? It's royalty. It's sovereignty. We are learning home base is a sovereign place. 35, dropping importance. This is so fantastic. All unbalanced emotions are the result of too much importance. Again, this is not about avoiding your feelings. We know how to let the, let the feeling move through. Emotions are born of our attitude, and so it is our attitude which should be changed. Direct quote there from the text. Anything that has kicked your ass originated, okay, this is me, this is, this is not from the text, anything that kicked your ass 
originated from placing too much importance on it. That's how important this principle is. Think of yourself as being a puppet on a string when you give anything too much importance. Is it important to pay your bills on time? On one level, yes. But there's way too much emphasis on that too. If it becomes an identity, and if you think you're a terrible person and an irresponsible person and scum of the earth and all the rest of it, if you're not this person that never has had a late fee or whatever, I know that was a mentality I grew up with. I remember being a little girl and had my first, you know, checking account or something, you know, really early on, you know, just like a sub account of one of my parents or something. And I didn't realize that they took out $3 a month, you know, like for no activity or whatever, just like a service fee. And I remember getting a statement in the mail where I was like 30 cents overdrawn or something. And it wasn't because anybody said, oh, you are terrible. But I think I had just lived in in an environment where that was not acceptable or whatever. I, I had picked up on that somehow not blaming my parents. It was just, you know, it was just part of the environment I was in. And I I so berated myself for that. I was a kid. I was a kid. And so, yeah, I mean, as an adult, you know, it's great to pay your bills on time, but you're going to experience that as a pendulum. I'm here to tell you, if you have put too much importance on that, meaning that you have put more value there than your authenticity. Then you're going to get to meet those two, sort of duking it out and reasserting what's important, and then things will flow just fine. So this dropping importance, any problem you've ever had, at its core, was about having inflated importance on some kind of identity associated with it, as opposed to your essential self. I mean, that's, that is a powerful statement that cuts through a lot of crap. It makes things really simple. And it shows us if we're struggling in any moment to just stop right then and say, I'm putting too much importance on what, you know, fill in the blank. And, and this helps us really get out of our own way. Number 36, ending the battle. I'm going to read again from the text. The world is a mirror that reflects your relationship to it. When you are unhappy with the world, it turns away from you. When you battle with the world, it battles with you. When you stop battling, the world meets you halfway. If you simply give yourself permission to have what you envision, outer intention will find a way of giving it to you. Then, one fine day, something will happen that others will call a miracle. Are you desperate to achieve your goal? If so, stop wanting and receive it anyway. Stop wanting and receive it anyway. There's there's where you dance on the head of the pin. You let go of importance, but you welcome it with confidence. Just think about taking what is yours and taking it quietly without insisting or making demands in the matter of, so I want this, so what? I shall have it. Remember we talked last time, it's like going to the post office and getting it. It's, it has that much importance. And again, the sweet spot of knowing it's yours, knowing it belongs to you, and not freaking out about the importance 
of it or the timing of it. Again, if you're up against a timing issue, what I'm discovering is you breathe and you drop into the present moment and any resource, any inspired idea that is required of you will bubble up and feel spontaneous and happy and you can do that. If not, the variant space, the quantum field has it under control and you need to relax. You need to let go. That's the discipline. Number 37, coordinating intention. There is a great sentence in this. It just makes me laugh out loud. And it's such a great way to reroute the energy, destructive patterns of pendulums. Quote, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, even better. (laughs) I just love that. That is on my bathroom mirror. That is such a great way to meet anything because it is honoring the fact I might not know how the variant space is bringing this about and I'm not going to get in its way. I'm not going to interfere with what it's doing. Vadim Zeeland says, with this lighthearted mood, you can calmly go on a date with the destiny you are creating for yourself. Isn't that a beautiful image? From this moment onwards, whatever happens, remember everything will be just as it should be. I love that. Going on a date with the destiny you are creating for yourself. I'm going to read this again. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, even better. Like if you meet your life in that space, which I am committed to doing right along with you, things are going to happen. Beautiful things are going to arrive. And in fact, they're already here. We will just see them reflected back. Importantly, too, this principle goes into a really great discussion about in any moment where there appears to be challenge, there's going to be a fork in the road. And that is, am I going to see this positively or negatively? Take the positive, take the positive take the positive. These are constant pivots and forks appearing in the journey and you collapse space-time continuums if you keep taking the positive route. So opt for that in any moment when you're faced with, shall I see this as the living shitstorm or shall I see this as, hmm, if it doesn't work out great or if it works out great, if not, even better. Pivot, pivot to the positive, pivot to the positive, pivot to the frame of your life taking care of you beautifully. That way you're shortening all the tangential trails that you don't necessarily need to go on. That that colloquial phrase, trouble comes in threes, that is showing what happens when you take a negative which leads to another negative, which leads to another negative. That's, I never knew that, but it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Trouble comes in threes. That's because your thoughts are like on a freight train generating the next negative thing. So get in the habit of choosing the positive lifeline at any pivot, at any fork in the road. Number 38, my world cares. 
And here's just a straight quote, my world takes care of me. Repeat that. That's a great mantra to have at these forks in the road. Whenever things are appearing that they're not working out or that the mirror is warped or, you know, not reacting in the way that you think it should in the time frame it should, what have you, repeat right then, my world takes excellent care of me. My world takes loving care of me. My world takes gracious care of me. However, you want that phrase to be for you, but that's the heart of that message. And then he really suggests any little thing, if you're starting to see shoots going out, if you're starting to see the magic taking shape, honor it. And when you see that little shoot or you feel like, "Mm, there's a dog whistle going off and I feel things rearranging and I feel things shaping in a way that, that this is in harmony with my authenticity, honor it by saying thank you world for taking such great care of me and then you're just going to get more of that in this beautiful feedback loop number 39 against the flow i'm going to read straight from the text try to observe at least for one day how your mind paddles against the current someone offers you something and you turn it down people try to tell you something but you dismiss it Someone expresses their opinion and you argue with them. Someone is trying to do something in their own way, but you direct them onto the true path. Someone offers you a solution, but you object. You expect one thing, but you get another and then express your discontent. Someone gets in your way and you are enraged. Something runs counter to your script and you launch a direct attack to get the flow back on track. Change your tactic. Shift the center of gravity from control to observation. There is no point in thrashing your hands about in the water. Get out of your life's way. Let it go with the flow and you will be relieved to see just how much easier everything is. Wow. I love that so much. The mind tries to act like a computer protecting you from the past, but but all that does is give you more past. We know this, and we've got to employ that wisdom. Okay, the mind is not used to harmonizing with the variant space. It's just going with past catalogs of war wounds. Get over it. Drop it. It's not helping you. I love this phrase, give the situation a chance to resolve itself. That seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? From the mind's perspective, we're like, oh no, I got to control things. No, you don't. Step back, give a little space, be the witness. Give the situation a chance to resolve itself. If it doesn't, and if you again feel that light, inspired, joyful, oh, here I could do A, B, or C, then do it. Number 40, with the variance flow. From the text, try to keep in balance with the outside world and trust the unfolding of the variance flow. Let go. Stop being the participant. Become the objective observer. Make it a rule that you always do things in the simplest way possible. When you have to solve a problem, ask yourself, what is the simplest way of doing this? 
If something does not go according to plan, let your grip go and accept the matter of an unforeseen alteration to your script. If someone offers you something, don't be too quick to refuse. If someone gives you a piece of advice, try mulling it over. When you hear a different opinion, don't be in too much of a hurry to enter into debate. If you think someone is going about something in the wrong way, let them. People take their own initiative. Allow them to realize their intentions. The variance flow is a sumptuous gift for the mind. That's a beautiful phrase, isn't it? The variance flow is a sumptuous gift for the mind. And I love this. This has certainly applied to me in the past. If you think someone is going about something in the wrong way, let them. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I could do a whole podcast on that. It would be very humbling. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Give me a shout out if that's ever happened to you. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> Number 41. The habit of remembering. When you are floundering in inflated inner or outer importance, the most difficult thing is to return to awareness in the right moment. For this purpose, you need the keeper, the inner observer who keeps a constant eye on your level of awareness. Of course, it is hard to keep yourself in hand when you feel like going ballistic. Pendulums are like vampires. They use a kind of anesthesia, i.e. your habit of falling asleep, when you react negatively to an irritant. Even now, after having read these lines, it may only be a matter of minutes before you get distracted and take an unwanted phone call in an irritable tone of voice. Try to wake up several times during the day. Look around you with a clear head and understand that this is all a dream and that you have been sleeping, not consciously aware of what you are doing. The habit of remembering is developed through consistent practice. Until being consciously aware becomes a habit, pendulums will do everything they can to get you. Don't be dismayed. Overall, this will manifest itself as minor problems. Don't give in. Learn to remember, and you will be victorious. You'll see. I cannot improve upon that passage at all. That's so inspiring to me. And lastly, for today, number 42, smashing stereotypes. I'm reading this straight from the text, too. Just sometimes his wording is so good that I just want you to hear it, and I I need to say it again myself. If someone tries to convince you that you must slave away for the benefit of someone or something, don't believe them. If they try to prove that nothing in this world is achieved except through hard work, don't listen to them. If someone tries to force you into a cruel battle for your place under the sun, don't listen. If someone tries to put you in your place, don't listen. If someone is trying to draw you into a sect or society which desperately needs your contribution to the common cause, don't listen. If someone tries to tell you that you were born in poverty and therefore must live the rest of your life the same way, don't believe them. If someone insists that your options are limited, don't believe them. From the point of view of common sense, everything in transurfing is turned on its head. The same could be said of common sense from the point of view of transurfing. 
If you do not want to live like everyone else, if you do not want to be content with middling achievements, if you aspire to live this one life to the fullest, then you are a wanderer. In Transurfing, the wanderer is not the one chosen by fate. Fate is the one chosen by the wanderer. Everything you want in life will be yours if you can tumble the monolith of common sense. People falsely assume that the rational worldview is an immutable law. It is not immutable, but it is a thin law and you can get around it. Unexplained miracles happen more often than you would think. So why not let a miracle into your own life? All you have to do is give yourself permission to have what your soul desires. If you tear away the tangled web of prejudice and limitation, which pendulums weave around you, and if you genuinely believe that you are worthy of your dreams and can give yourself permission to have the one thing you want with all your heart, then life will give it to you. This is such exciting work. And for the next short bit until we meet again, you know, in February still, Here's the homework. We are going to do four things because you're getting more skillful. My world takes care of me. Have some variation of that ready for you in your head. At any time, things feel good and or challenging. Be aware of the forks in the road. And at any time you're, you're experiencing one, pivot to the positive perception. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Okay. Have faith in love. And what I mean by that is authenticity. It is really hard if you've had several rounds with a particular person or situation that's always gone a certain way. And I have found a hack for that really recently through doing all this work. And that is this, you are trusting love to flow through that form. You're not trusting the form. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to get your mind and heart in harmony. You know, if you're if you're met with, you know, the banker who has always done X, Y, Z and one, two, three, the next time you have to meet with that banker, You're not trusting the banker to be anything. You're trusting love, the authenticity of love to flow through that person or that situation. That's what you're trusting. Allow yourself to trust in love again. And be clear, we're not talking about Aphrodite's spell. We're talking about authenticity, your divinity, your sovereignty. And then the fourth thing I would like you to keep in mind for your homework is, you know, do your theme song if that appeals to you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I've enjoyed this. It's so good for me. It it transforms me to teach this. Thank you for being my audience so that I can. If you know somebody who had a shitty Valentine's Day, send them this podcast. The fact that it's session number six, that's all right. Maybe they'll get interested and, and feel that the transurfing material has something to offer them. Um, this can be a great reframe for any kind of quote unquote 
disappointment. So thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. I'll talk to you before the end of February. Until next time, take good care. everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if my work is nourishing your heart and imagination, consider supporting the Apothecary podcast. Just follow the links to make a contribution. And for the full scope of my projects and offerings, including my weekly newsletter, visit lorigreen.net.